The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Welcome to something completely unexpected and completely expected in the other case. Uh, we're here to preview the Stanley Cup final with the Montreal Canadiens facing Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, it's me, Patrick Bexel. I'm, I'm in Sweden, but we're joined from Florida with uh, Matthew Esteves from, from our sister site, a very good site as well, uh, Raw Charge. Thank you for joining us, Matthew. Hey, thanks for having me, Patrick. And of course, we got the uh, the producer today, Jared Book. Yeah, I, I'm here. I'm working the board, the the uh, non-existent board here on our on our podcast. But let's face it. First and foremost, a big congratulations to to the win last night. Were you surprised that it got that close against the Islanders, Matt? Not entirely. I mean, let's remember last season, the Islanders pushed us to six games and that sixth game went to overtime. So it's, I mean, I never expected the Lightning to lose that series and I never felt the Islanders really had control. I mean, I guess you could say they had control after their game one win, but I never felt like Tampa was going to lose at any point. Um, the fact that it went seven didn't surprise me. The fact that we won one, nothing didn't surprise me either. Um, the Islanders are hard. They're, they're a damn good team, and anyone who kind of laments them for being quote-unquote boring or anything like that, they're not actually watching that team. That team battles. That team makes every inch of ice hard to fight for, which is exactly what Tampa does. Um, so, no, I wasn't surprised at all. And then, obviously, the old barn, the Coliseum, living up to the reputation as well. <laughs> that place that place was a madhouse. Oh, my God. I, I wish I could have been there to actually like experience that. Oh, just seeing it on, just seeing it on TV was just like, my God, that place is an absolute madhouse. It, it really is, and it, it brings back so much history of hockey. You haven't really had that much history, maybe with the Lightning, but a stat that I got from from, from uh, uh, one of my other friends in Florida is that the Lightning are the first Tampa Bay pro franchise to advance to a direct championship title defense. Hey, that's pretty mm-hmm. damn good. Yep. Yep. In 04, uh, in 04, after we won, uh, the lockout obviously happened. Um, and so that will always be a what if. And then after that, Tampa was just never the same. And then um, the Bucks, when they won both of their champ, well, we don't know about the Bucks just yet. The Bucks might get back this season. But when the Bucks won it back um, in the early 2000s, they also didn't make it back. We'll see what the Bucks do after this. We don't know. Yeah, well, you can never bet against Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, I, never bet against Tom Brady. I, I was, I was going to say you, you beat you, you beat the Bucks by a couple of months at least. So, uh, in terms of that, but yeah. I, I want I wanted to ask you about the the Islanders and 
the Canadians from from a outsider perspective what do you, do you see the similarities that, that most other people do between the two teams yeah I do both teams are exceptional defensively um, and both teams have exceptional goaltenders so it's not going to be a huge leap for Tampa Bay when it comes to stylistic style stylistic hockey they're going to play against I will say that I feel that Montreal's got better shooters in general. When you put both rosters next to each other, both New York and Montreal, and you look through it, you sit there and you're like, yeah, I would take Montreal's forwards over New York's when it comes to actual like shooting talent. This isn't to say New York is bad in that aspect. It's just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a weird way that's hard to quantify because you can't just say shooting percentages and stuff like that. But when you just look at what – what forwards that Montreal has, what forwards that New York has, and you just look at them and see what those players do in general, but from a production standpoint, you're just like, yeah, I would take Montreal's forwards in, when it comes to pure goal scoring over New York's. When it comes to how they carry play, it depends on what you prefer, because I feel like both teams are exceptional at 5v5. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely feel like it's going to be stylistically similar, not identical, because I feel like Montreal is a different beast at 5v5 five five than New York. Um but yeah, it's not going to be totally different. Um, you, you, you brought up goaltending. Uh, you cannot really say anything negative about your own goaltending either. Uh, you can't say anything about negative goaltending from any of these teams, for Christ's sake. I mean, I know Carey yeah, Price has... are playing goaltenders in the last dying seconds, eh? Oh, duh. You know, I kind of feel like New York, like... This, this, this is nothing but superstition, but I kind of feel like that save that, that Pulak made there, like sapped all of the good fortune that New York had in these playoffs. Um, and just, it went away after that because <laughs> they could not, I mean, they came back in game in game six, obviously, but when they really needed the break in game seven, it never came. Yeah. Like they never really challenged both the lightning defense and Andre Vasilevsky in game seven. There was, I think maybe two really great chances and they were kind of like tipped and pushed out of the way. You, Andrei Vasilevsky has played all 18 games in the in the uh, playoffs so far, um, as has Carey Price. Do you think either goaltender might be a bit fatigued, or, or are they just running on adrenaline right now? I mean, they're probably both running on adrenaline to some extent, but I don't think either one's going to be fatigued. I mean, the fact that y'all brought in Jake Allen to at least spell Carey Price, I think he measurably helps him. Um, I know Price has had some rough regular seasons over the past few years and people were really down on him, but man, that guy has come out this postseason and it been an absolute monster for Montreal. Um, and just looking at the numbers between both him and Vasilevsky, I mean, they're close. Like it's like, I'm, I'm obviously going to leave Vasilevsky because I think Vasilevsky is just better, but it's not like Price is bad. Price has played phenomenal and it's easily another series. He could like just stand on his head and steal. Cause I mean, that it's Carey Price. I mean, come on. The guy, the guy won a heart trophy. That means something. Um, but no, I, I don't think either one of them is going to be exhausted. Vasilevsky's still, you know, he's 26. He's, he, he's still got legs and price. I think having that all those games off during the regular season with Allen and that really helped him like get in the best shape he possibly can be for this playoff run. So what you're saying is that Montreal reporters don't need to pay attention to warm up and and morning skate when Curtis McElhinney comes on the ice or anything like that. They don't have to 
pay attention to that like they did against Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's just let's just put it this way: if Curtis McElhenney for some reason starts a game in the Stanley Cup final, Tampa should be very worried. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because I I was talking to to Danny Webster who who runs Nights on Ice before that series, and and we, we kind of joked that if if any backup plays in the series, one team is in trouble. And sure enough, Vegas turned to Robin Leonard a couple of times. Yep. In, in that series, uh, I do want to. Continue- Robin Leonard didn't cost him the series. No, 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 not at all, not at all. And neither did Marc-Andre Fleury, really. Uh, but I, I do want to go back to Vasilevsky. And I feel like because Tampa Bay is such a strong roster and such a strong team that he doesn't really get the, the recognition or the credit that maybe he deserves uh, from, from people who, who watch this team. In past years, I could definitely understand that, especially his, I mean, his Vesna trophy season when he actually won it, he was good that year. He was real good. But you could have honestly made an argument for the other two candidates this year i think it's there's no doubt Vasilevsky was the best goaltender in the league because tampa was not necessarily as strong as they were last season overall i should say uh defensively obviously we lost some guys um and that really specifically kevin shattenkirk losing kevin and not, not to say kevin shattenkirk was a phenomenal defensive defenseman um but what shattenkirk provided to us throughout last season and in the last playoffs was another gifted defenseman who could move the puck out of your own zone and do it cleanly. Currently we've got two guys who could absolutely do it. We have McDonough who can, who, when he's on his game, he's fantastic. And then we have Chernak who's actually evolved to kind of fill that role that Shaq Kirk had with getting that puck out of our defensive zone. Um, but let's not mince words here. Like, Tampa Bay's defense wasn't exactly spectacular, especially when it came to giving up, you know, high, high danger chances. And Vasilevsky stood on his head. There was a huge stretch of time where literally we were winning games. We had no business winning because of Vasilevsky. He has been that absolutely dominant this season. So this is the, this is the first full season we can say in total where he's really kind of bucked the narrative against him. He bucked it. He bucked it last season, but only in the playoffs because during the regular season, he really wasn't that great. And something clicked in his head in the postseason, and he, he became an absolute wall. Um, he is the best expected goals saved, and Price is second. But but he's a, I think he's ahead with about a point. Um, can you see him keep that level, or or do you, can you see him maybe regress to the mean a little bit? It's always hard to guess with Vasilevsky because he's always outperformed some models to some extent, um, even models that underrated him for a while. But just given the way that he's played basically since last postseason, all the way through this season and these playoffs, I don't think regression's going to come hit him anytime soon. Um, he's going to make life a living hell for every Montreal shooter. Uh, Cause I don't think Montreal has faced a goaltender as good as him. Um, and I don't think Tampa Bay's faced the goaltender as good as Carey Price right now. So, and I think Steven Stamkos said a quote last night, that I think pretty much embodies it in a sense that Montreal is going to play the best team that they've ever played against in these playoffs. And we're going to play the best team that we've ever played against these playoffs. Um, and I think that really rings true. I know a lot of people are, were rightly critical about Montreal's regular season. They, they, they started off high and then they got really bad. Um, and in some situations they didn't look like a playoff team, but they found a way they figured stuff out. Carey Price returned to form and they have just been a buzzsaw. They've been an absolute freaking buzzsaw these playoffs, and it's something that 
I don't think a lot of people are giving the team enough credit. Like, I feel like a lot of people are saying like, yo, Montreal fluked their way into it. I'm like, yes, they beat a Toronto team that was that that, that they were heavily um, under, heavy underdogs in. But one, Toronto's a mentally weak team. That's that's apparent. But Montreal earned that win. Like, you don't come back down from 3-1 to win a series out of nowhere. Like, you earned that. Then they predictably wiped the floor with Winnipeg. And then they go, go up against a true contender in Vegas. And let's be honest, guys, they made Vegas look normal. Like, everywhere. They made them look – it wasn't just Carey Price. I, I was sitting watching the – Colorado Vegas series and I was wondering how Montreal would be able to keep up with that pace and when Montreal played it sort of slowed Vegas down and, and that's maybe the most remarkable feat of that series they made Vegas play their way and Vegas could not adapt can, can you see Tampa adapting to such a game plan yeah because they've already done it They've already shown they can do it. I mean, they've gotten past some exceptionally good defensive teams over the past two years. I mean, they beat Dallas. Dallas was an exceptionally good defensive team last year. They got past Carolina, who's also a strong defensive team. They got past the Islanders twice in two years, who is also a very, very strong defensive team. So it's nothing out of the ordinary for Tampa. It's just a matter of the small things. You know, there's going to be things that Montreal does that Tampa is not used to see from their forwards and stuff like that. And they have to get used to that. So it'll be interesting to see, see to see how they adapt to that. But I don't think it's something they can't overcome. It's just something that they're going to have to be ready for. Just like Montreal has to be ready because Montreal hasn't played a team that can just literally come at you with every single line and just make your life a living hell. It's very interesting because normally we would have played each other quite a few times over this season. And suddenly we end up in the final against uh, one another's team. And, and uh, yeah, you, you, you put it into a little bit, and obviously I'm Swedish here, so I'm going to just put the name out there. Victor Hedman. The big Swede, man. The big Swede. He, I, I, it's, there's only so much you could say about a player like him because everything else has already been said. Like, yeah, he didn't really have a great season, especially after he got hurt late, late in the year, but he's been great in these playoffs. Um. Just, uh, there's nothing else you could say about the guy. I mean, he's, he's arguably the best defenseman in the league, if we're being honest. Um, even when he's not at his best, he's still a game changer. And he's probably the most dynamic defenseman that Montreal is going to play against. I know Vegas has a, has a variety of, def of defenders who can move the puck and make plays, but star power-wise, pretty much no matter where you look, this is, this is the deepest team that Montreal has to go up against. Um, and I know... To, to counteract that, you know, you have a lot of older stars on Montreal with Price and Perry and Stahl, who are like, well, I shouldn't say Price is filling a, a supplemental role, but Stahl and Perry most definitely are. But you have a lot of young guys on that Montreal team that are just kind of, I don't want to, I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, but you have a lot of young guys on that Montreal team that are like too young to know any better. And they are just taking every single opportunity given to them and just driving it down opponents' throats. And that means something, you know? That can't be understated in any way, shape, or form. Hedman is, is used to pinching a lot and, and, and step up off that blue line. And um, you mentioned his injury. He is a little bit slower this year. He's still fantastically good. Uh, but can, can the defender that, that has to cover the rest of the ice at that instant um, 
can he cover that much of an ice? And can he cover against someone like Cole Caulfield that we saw in, in, in game six, just made one hell of a play to, to get around his defender and put the, put the puck in the net? It's definitely going to be an interesting dynamic there because I feel like Toronto, not Toronto, sorry, Montreal's forwards are a hell of a lot faster than any forward group that Tampa Bay's faced so far. And Tampa Bay's defense is, I wouldn't say notoriously slow, but they're definitely not fleet of foot, to say the least. They're quick, but they're not like, you know, they're not lightning fast or anything like that, for lack of a better phrase. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, Hedman, see, the weird thing with Tampa is we only have one real pairing, and that's McDonough Chernak. Hedman and Sergachev are basically given whoever the heck they want to put on the right side and just say, figure it out. If you look at the ice time, it's, it's literally Hedman, McDonough and Sergachev and McDonough and Sergachev are like 30 seconds apart when it comes to ice time. And they're all getting plus 22 minutes. Then it's Chernick at like 19 and change. And then it's Savard at like 15. And then it's the other two guys. Um, so it, it, I feel like whoever is with Hedman is going to, you know, compliment him, but again, speed kills, you know, and Montreal's got speed for days in their forward course. So it's, it's definitely something I'm worried about uh, because Tampa can be victimized there. They can also be victimized on the four check. And that's another thing that Marshall's exceptionally good at. Uh, good thing you're saying that because I've only seen the, 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 for the speed more than the, than the four check, but obviously, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying when it comes to it. Um, I'm not going to go into uh, cap management because everyone else is doing that, <laughs> but obviously we have to talk about rating point. You know, it's it's the the pre uh, the the season he's having and the off the 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 playoff season he's having is incredible. Yeah, man. Like the most hilarious thing is like his goal streak snapped in Game Seven, and it's like the ninth storyline in the entire game. <laughs> That's the hilarious thing. He he went out, he literally went on one of the most historic goal scoring streaks that we have ever seen over the past like twenty five years, and the fact that it ended is like a footnote. <laughs> it's a footnote. Um, what else is there to say about Brady? Well, well, well it's, it, it, in some ways, it's good that it's a footnote because it just means you won. Yeah, it really does. But what else is, it, well, what else is there to say about Brain Point, man? He is, he is the epitome of what you want in a, in a star forward. He, he does everything you want. He back checks, he forechecks, he makes life a living hell for opposing defenders. He scores goals that make you go, how in the hell did you do that? Uh, it's just, yeah, I don't want to say he's a perfect player because I don't think any player is perfect. But damn, does everyone wish they had a brain point in their team? Because he just, like, he just puts the team on his back and just says, don't worry, boys, I got this. And just does things that just makes you just, just makes your jaw drop. It's funny because, you know, obviously point was taken a little bit later in the draft, but when you talk about, you know, undersized forwards who, you know, teams are are, are going to look back on and, and hope they picked in the draft. Montreal has one of those as well in, in, in Cole Caulfield. But yeah, point is, is definitely, uh, I think that the blueprint for why, you know, every, I, I heard someone talk about this a couple of weeks or a couple of weeks ago and said, you know, Braden Point and Cole Caulfield, not one person said they were going to be bad players. Everyone said they were going to be good. And the only reason they didn't take them is because of their size. And, and I think that, that, you know, both of those guys are, are lessons to just, if you like the player, take the player, <laughs> they'll, they'll figure it out. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, that they're, they're, you know, if, 
if Johnny Gaudreau and Alex DeBrincat were kind of like the first generation of, of smaller guys who are making it in the current NHL, I think those guys are going to be the poster child for, for the next, the next kind of generation. I think, I think points probably a little bit older than, than a couple of those guys as well. But I, I want to ask about the, just the, the fact that fans are, are in the building because last year, obviously Tampa wins the Stanley cup. They do it in Toronto and Edmonton. They, they, they don't do it in front of their fans. And then this year, for most of the season, they don't have fans. And now they have a chance to, to basically go for for the Stanley Cup final again, but with fans in the stands. And, and what's the reaction of both the, the players and, and the, the market in general uh, about that opportunity? They love it, man. They absolutely love it. Like, the fan base is, is energized. I mean, they were, already, they were always energized. They've been energized ever since this team became a perennial playoff uh, team in 2014 they have just like i said they're energized they love it to death the players love it too because they feel like they're back to normal you know um the players on tampa will they've they've always professed throughout the entire playoffs you know having fans in the building is is fantastic you feed off that energy you know cooper and stamkos both said you know they expect an electric atmosphere at bell center and bell center is going to be rocking unbelievably in this Stanley Cup final. And I hope they're able to put a lot more people in that arena because, man, there aren't many more just electric places to see playoff hockey than Bell Center. Like, just, just I, I remember the 2015 second round matchup between us and Bell Center was rocking every single damn game. And like now, now everything's on the line. So I can only imagine how awesome it's going to be. But, you know, Marshall's going to feed off it. Tampa's going to feed off it. And they're going to love every single second of it. It's been 28 years. I'm sure that it will be rocking no matter how many people are oh, in yeah. there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, what, what has really been the exclamation points for, for Tampa Bay this playoffs? Exclamation point? Kucherov coming back from injury and not missing a beat. The dude has been an absolute machine. Um, Vasilevsky continuing his absolutely stellar play in net. And the Lightning in general kind of turning the page on a up-and-down regular season um, that really had a lot of us kind of worried, especially against a two teams that had really kind of ran play against them. You know, Florida and, and Carolina were two strong five-on-five teams that Tampa kind of struggled with, especially with Florida. And so their ability to kind of push back and show those teams that, yeah, you know, you might have won some regular season games against us, but you're not beating us here is remarkable for a team that a lot of people, you know, were kind of maybe put an asterisk on their cup, which I think is absurd, um, but there's going to be detractors no matter where it is. Um, but more than anything, it's just how damn resilient this group is. They just, they just don't give a damn. Like they, they're, they're going to stick to their game plan and they're going to come at you and then they can play any way, shape, they can play any way in any way, shape or form. And they basically dare teams to beat them. That that's the biggest thing. It's like an intimidation factor to a certain extent. You know, you go against Tampa, and it's like, crap. Like we got to beat them, like at their own game. Because like, if we try to make them play our game, they can do that too. You know, so that's that's probably the biggest exclamation points I should say <laughs> about Tampa's run so far. We're here with uh, Matthew S. Esteves. You, you find him on, on Twitter under that name, actually. And he's a contributor for, for Raw Charge, our sister site on, on Estination, uh, covering the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, obviously, Montreal, they're 
there is something that uh, in some ways we, we shouldn't really be talking about, but in other ways we have to talk about it. Um, Sergei Feb trade. Uh, Duran, obviously, off the ice, taking care of himself. Very, very mature decision, and I hope he he, he does really, really well and uh, stays healthy, really. That's the main main thing. Um, but Sergachev's development in Tampa, how would you phrase that, and how would you explain his role in the team today? There has been no player in Tampa Bay's system that I have enjoyed watching develop over these past three, four years than Mikhail Sergachev. He came in, immediately made the team after the trade and has done nothing but improve every single day, week, month, year. He's, not, he's done nothing but get better and better and better and better. And last season was the really like the, the light bulb went off for him where he became, instead of just an, an offensively gifted defenseman who was okay in his own end, he became a true two-way defender who is put out there in any situation by the coaching staff and is allowed to reign free, kind of in the same way that Hedman is. And it's been it, – it, you can just back it up with numbers too. His ice time has consistently gone up, and ever since last season, he's been playing 20-plus minutes. You know, I've said basically the past two, three years now, he's our second-best defenseman. And that's not a slight at McDonough. McDonough has been fantastic. But Sergeyev just brings so much more than anyone else on that defense besides Victor Hedman, that it's it's almost like a cheat code, you know? Like, for Christ's sake, you could throw Hedman out there for 22, 22 to 25 minutes a game. Oh, we could just throw Sergeyev out there, who's almost just as good as Hedman for 22 minutes a game. Like, that is a nightmare for any team to go up against. And just seeing him go from a, a rookie who made a lot of mistakes in his own end to this I don't want to say grizzled veteran. The guy's like 23 years old, but to, to, to see this 23 year old who has all this experience and all this talent and just do everything possible to win a game. It's just, Oh, I I've never enjoyed watching a player grow as much as server Jim. I love the kid to death. And we actually know that from, from another uh, guest on the pond, uh, Julian Kemmerer, that, uh, Sergeyev and, and uh, Alexander Romanov practiced together this before the, the season started in in uh, U.S. Canada. They practiced together in in Russia and Moscow. So so there is a sort of a know how about that as well. Um, but after after would... McDonough and Sergeyev, I, I really hope Romanov doesn't end up in Tampa as well. Oh my god, <laughs> that, that, that is a funny thread. That's a hilarious. I saw someone tweet that, and be like, "Oh, McDonough and Sergeyev were were drafted by the Canadians." I'm like, "Yeah," and only one of them played like a handful of games before they were traded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sergeyev so, so like three games or something like that. Maybe not a little bit more, maybe, but yeah, he, he didn't play very many games. Uh, is there a player? I mean, obviously, it's it's kind of a weird uh, team in that not not a weird team, but just obviously it's a similar team to last year. When, when they won the Stanley Cup. Is there any player that, that's really come out and surprised you in this run? Honestly, Luke Shen has surprised me, to be dead honest with you, because everyone else has pretty much been exactly what I expected. But Luke Shen, a guy who I was not a fan of when they picked up, I wasn't even a fan of Zach Bogosian, but Zach Bogosian ended up being a pretty solid player for the role that he was put in. But Luke Shen, for as much as he gets derided over these past few years, he's been a pretty much a perfect seventh defenseman for this team. When he's come in, he's played well. He knows his weaknesses and he doesn't try to, he doesn't, I shouldn't say doesn't, he puts himself in positions where his weaknesses aren't, ex, aren't as exploitable um, as usual. 
And that takes something for a player like Shen, who went really high in his draft year, um, to do at this stage of his career. It's not like he's an ancient old man. He's like 31. He's the same age as Stamkos. Um, at an age where, you know, players are still like, I can still be useful, you know? And to, to take on that role at this point in his career, that takes a lot for a guy to do that. And he's been exceptional. I mean, he's not being a world breaker, but he doesn't have to be. And that's one of the things that I think people, including myself, need to kind of be more cognizant of when we bring in players like that, who might not be exceptional when it comes to like advanced analytics or something like that. But if he can fill a role and he fills a role well, and he's doing it for a, you know, a, a valued contract, then there's nothing to really complain about. I mean, yes, are there going to be situations where he might get exposed by his lack of speed or his, you know, occasional, you know, poor passes or poor positioning? Yes. But you have to credit Shen for understanding what he is in today's NHL, still staying, you know, committed to being a good teammate and being a good player on the ice as best as he can and actually performing in that manner, you know? That's probably the biggest, like, impress. That's probably the player who's most impressed me so far. Is like when Shen's in, Shen isn't a black hole. He's been consistent and he's been reliable. Is there anything that is untapped in 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 Tampa, or is anything has everything been shown, or is there anything that that you think can Cooper can pick out of the back pocket? I mean, I, I mean, their trump card was Kucherov coming back off of injury, <laughs> uh, to be dead honest. I mean, it's funny how he came on, like, just got, when the, when the season finished, he was, he was ready to go. You know, I mean, very funny. <laughs> I mean, people can be all conspiracy this as much as they can, but the man was legitimately injured. He had the same exact injury that Tyler Sagan had, and Sagan got, got surgery a lot earlier than he did, and he came back during the season. And Kucherov came back on a bit earlier than they expected, but at the same point, Kucherov's a world-class athlete. These guys, I mean, for Christ's sake, Stamkos came back from a broken leg earlier than we thought he was going to. You know, we shouldn't be that surprised when these athletes these days come back from injuries sooner than we expect because this is what no, they do. I was more thinking about how how if he came back two days earlier, he would have capped, uh, counted against the cap a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it was more that. Uh, I know athletes are, are, are good healers. They've already seen um the best medical team available so i'm not surprised he came back that way but. even still i feel like i feel like that's something that a lot of fans in general have to kind of start taking into account is like these aren't like players back in the 80s or 90s where you know it would go drink a you know five pitchers of beer and eat pizza and wings before they went to go play hockey or something like that these are these guys eat shit breathe you know hockey is their life and them coming back, anyone, anyone, any one player coming back from an injury early, that shouldn't surprise anyone, you know? Nah, definitely not. Uh, I don't see that as a problem at all. And uh, there are other athletes that are more um, careful about my appreciation for, for the medical system than, than, than hockey players. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I mean, Kucherov, and, and obviously coming back after the, uh, the Islanders cross-check as well, um, was there a little bit of a gamesmanship going on there to, to keep him, you know, off the ice maybe for, for that game, but also uh, keeping it close to, to, to your West with, with the cards that not letting Islanders know that he was going to play that game? No, Tampa hasn't really been a team that engages in gamesmanship that much. Um, it was an interesting thing because usually when any kind of player leaves a game or something like that, the lightning are usually very quick at designating whether or not they'll come back uh, or not. 
And they didn't say a word about Kucherov the entire game. They didn't say anything post-game. They didn't say anything following the next following practice. They didn't say anything the day of the game until he actually stepped on the ice for warm-ups. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't call that gamesmanship. I would call that the team was taking a very cautious approach of if he feels good enough, we're going to let him go, but we can't say one way or the other. And Kucherov said last night in his post-game press conference, he's like, there was no question that was playing. Um, and Cooper had no idea. Cooper's like, I didn't think so. I thought it was dicey. So that tells you that, you know, whatever is ailing him or whatever well, is ailing him, it's still, still there, obviously. Um, they were concerned about it. But if Kucherov said he was good to go, he's good to go. And he played like 16 and a half minutes. Um, he was clearly hampered. Um, he was nowhere near as dominant as he usually is, but he still made some good plays and he didn't turn the puck over. Um, and he played a good complimentary role to the top line. Um, but I mean, it's Nikita freaking Kucherov, man. Like nothing that man does surprises me. I'm just like, yeah, man, that's Kucherov. That's just what he does. It, it's always funny to me when, when people and, and Montreal has had this a, a few rounds already where people are like, Oh, you just got lucky. Cause this guy's hurt. This guy's hurt. This guy's hurt. I'm like, you, you look at every team. There's like, half three quarters of the team is hurt no nobody is healthy at this point in the season mm-hmm. and, and i think that you know montreal has a couple of guys playing with one arm and what you know mm-hmm. a couple a couple of hands missing and um you know obviously tampa has has guys like that you know you know last year and, and stamkos as well you know obviously uh his injury and i just feel like you know yes every team that gets to the final of the Stanley cup is lucky because hockey is driven by luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, no, no team is going to, mm-hmm. if you're unlucky, you don't make it there. <laughs> That's just the, the name of the game. So yeah, it's always funny when, when people are like, Oh yeah, they got lucky. Yeah. You, you have to get lucky because if you don't get lucky, you get eliminated. That's Look, just how hockey works. In, in hockey, I'm a firm believer in you make your own luck. Okay. Now, yes, the injury to Deveres in the first round was, was horrible, but it's not like that was, you know, it's not like Corey Perry meant to kick him in the head. Like that, it was, just, it was a freak accident. But at the same point, Toronto was up 3-1. And Montreal found a way to come back and win that series. I'm sorry, but like you can cry all you want about luck and all that type of stuff, but Montreal just outplayed you. It's that simple, you know? And you're 100% right that you got to get lucky to get to the final and you got to get lucky to win it too. And I'm sure there's going to be some lucky bounces or lucky situations that's going to benefit us or you. That's just the name of the, that's just, that's how, that's how, that's how hockey operates. It's, it's a very random sport for Christ's sake. I mean, for Christ's sake. Just hopefully there's no, there's no offside on the, the, the double overtime winner this time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You remember on that one? <laughs> yeah. You could blame us for for the offside review and Matt Duchesne, but like, Hockey is fluky. It happens. I mean, let's remember two years ago, we got swept by Columbus, which his, which time has now shown was one of the biggest playoff flukes that we've ever seen. You know, Columbus is now a bottom feeder and Tampa's about to try to, you know, win back-to-back cups. Like hockey is, is weird. The best teams don't always win. That's, that's kind of how it goes, but regardless teams have to find a way to win and Montreal, every single series, well, except Winnipeg, because they just beat the crap out of Winnipeg. They have found a way to win. You know, they came back down 3-1 against Toronto, who was heavily favored. They beat the living crap out of Winnipeg, which they should have but Winnipeg wasn't very good. And then, like I said earlier, they made an exceptionally strong and Stanley Cup contending team in Vegas look mediocre. They just took the wind out of their sails. Like, that's not Vegas just – I mean, yes, to a certain extent, it's Vegas going cold, but, like, that's because of Montreal. 
It's not just, you know, a whimsical thing of like, oh, Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty's sticks got cold. I mean, yes, maybe to a certain extent, but that's because of Montreal. Like, that's because of the pressure Montreal put on them and the way that Montreal played them. It's not just because, you know, oh, you got lucky because they got cold. No, man. No, Montreal deserves every single ounce of respect for getting to this point, just like Tampa deserves every ounce of respect for getting to this point. You know, like, yes, there's luck. Obviously, there's luck, but don't 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 sell the Canadians short. They've been an exceptionally strong five on five team for years. Their problem was goaltending and special teams. Guess what finally happened this postseason? <laughs> goaltending and special teams are showing up. At least one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's the whole thing. I mean, it, it's funny because if, if Montreal is on this, this shorthanded streak where they haven't allowed a, a, a power play goal in, in essentially 30 straight shorthanded opportunities, which is essentially a game, they've been a, uh, shorthanded for an entire dude, game. That, that, that is an absurd number. <laughs> But, but uh, I, I want to point out back to, to luck. And uh, there's a former Swedish athlete that used to say, it's funny that I, the more I train, the more luck I get. And, <laughs> and you know, it, it, that was in an individual sport. So I can understand him a little bit more man, because you need to be maybe at least five guys to six guys to be lucky on the ice at the same time. So, so someone else luck can cover up your own bad uh, uh, or bad luck, but, but it really is that it, you, you need to be a, have a little bit of a luck, but you create your own luck, as, as you say as well, Matt. It's 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 something that that you build from within, and and Montreal has peaked at a very very good time. Uh, one thing that was put forward as a sort of an excuse or or discussion point at, at some some ways during the the Vegas series was that the uh, it was the first time that Vegas traveled outside their 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 time zone more or less this series will be held in the same time zone. Uh, will that benefit Montreal or will that benefit, you know, Tampa that has stayed more or less in, 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 in and around Florida for, for, for the last, what is it, six, six months, right? I kind of think it's irrelevant. I mean, these guys are used to traveling and going to different time zones. I don't think it's going to bother either team, honestly. Um, I mean, it's beneficial if they're both in the same time zone, obviously. I also think it's hilarious that the Stanley Cup final is literally the Atlantic Division final. <laughs> Atlantic Division, best division, boys. Um, and, and, and also the fact that the Western uh, trophy is nine degrees west, <laughs> the east of, of the Eastern trophy, actually. Yeah. It's funny, too, because you know, Tampa Bay played Dallas in last year's cup final. Then this year they're in the same division as Dallas. This year they're playing Montreal in the cup final. Next year they're probably going to be in the same division again. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's ever happened in the history of not, not only any sport, the NHL, but any sport. It's just it's just a remarkable it's kind wild, of tournament. Yeah. Like COVID, COVID has like turned everything upside down. It's so wild. It's so wild. There's so many different like little anecdotes you can just pull out of all this. They're just like, do they mean anything in the grand scheme of things? No, but they're just funny to think about. You know. They're just, it's, it's just a funny little, huh, that's neat, you know? And I mean, obviously 2020 is going to be a rough year for everyone to remember um, outside of sports, you know? Um, but yeah, man, it is, it has definitely made things really awkward <laughs> to say the least. Like imagine, like just imagine next season when everything goes back to quote unquote normal and like Tampa and Montreal paint each other like six, seven times, just like, oh, it's, the fifth rematch of the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> well, well, one team can raise the banner against the other team. 
right? Oh my yeah. god, that oh, would man. be such a big dick move. <laughs> I'm sorry, we have some problems. It's gonna happen this week. <laughs> the other, uh, your the opponent. That would be such a big dick move on either whoever wins it. It'd be such a big dick move on either team's behalf. Be like, hey. First game of the season, make sure we play them just so we can do this. <laughs> well, at least they would drive up TV ratings. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely would. Uh, yeah, uh, it's been a pleasure, uh, Matt. Uh, you should really follow Matt uh, on, on Twitter. As I said, uh, Matt uh, S. Esteves, just as it, uh, in, in one word and all the syllables. Um, Really great to have you on. Uh, I'm not going to wish you good luck for, for the final. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but uh, I hope for a very good series.